Hello, guys, and welcome back to Fit with Viv and Kate. So Katie asked on her story the other day what her followers wanted to, you know, hear us talk about. And we got some really great responses. So we figured today we would touch on how the heck do you get started on your fitness journey? Like, let's say you've never worked out. You have no idea how to even start, you know, making healthy meals where where do you start how do you get started and then we're also going to touch on how do you find the right coach for you what do you look for in a coach how do you know if a coach is going to you know serve you in the goals that you want because there's a million and one coaches out there and it can be difficult to sift through you know honestly all of the social media bullcrap because you don't know if it's genuine or real it's hard to tell because anyone can write anything on an Instagram post or, you know, show up in in any way on a story that may not really reflect their coaching. So we're going to talk a bit more about, you know, what should you really look for in a coach, red flags, and then personally what I have looked for in clients to give you a better understanding of the coach and client dynamic. I'm excited for today because I think, you know, every week we're throwing tips and tricks at you for your journey. And I think we forget like people start at the very beginning, right? Like a lot of people might not not be ready to dive in. So I think it's good for us to take a step back. And it was only a year and a half ago that I was in that place as well, considering like, dang, I'm in a really bad spot. I need to get out of this. So I'm excited to talk through that. And I'd say the hardest part is starting. So it's really good that we're talking about this. Yeah, the hardest part is absolutely starting. And I know that you, Katie, have started on your own fitness journey before me. Um, I don't remember when it was that you tried it on your own, but I remember you telling me you did like a shake type (laughs) thing. Yeah. I did isogenics. I don't know if I can drop the name on the podcast, but it's basically like the same thing I think all shake diets are. It's like you eat two shakes a day and you can have one normal meal. Um, So I, I always was like the bigger friend and I think I was surrounded by, you know, skinny friends and all this stuff. And so that has always been something that I've been conscious of. And for some reason, I just never could get the fitness side down. So I always thought, oh, food is the way I can control it. So I think um, I never tried super hard, but I did try a shake diet, which is not the place you should start. I'll put that there. Well, how did you get started there? Like what even, I mean, how did you even find out about isogenics? I had a friend who did it and she, she was really successful with it. So I was like, oh, she did it and it worked for her. So I'm going to do it. Granted, that friend was a dancer and she was very active and she was like going through some medical problems where she was like gluten free and food really wasn't serving her at that time. So I actually think the shakes were probably good for her because she was getting nutrition she needed, um, So I was like, oh, I can do that. Even though our lifestyles are completely different. So it's what we talk about all the time. It's like, it's your journey, not somebody else's. So don't think that just because it worked for somebody else perfectly, it's going to work in your life. You have to really think about everything that goes into it. I love that you brought that up because I've actually heard of isogenics before. Um, and I think it reminds me of Herbalife and mm-hmm. in the, you know, Herbalife. Yeah. Yeah. So in the coaching health and fitness, uh, sphere, um, Herbalife, Isogenics, all of those things get so much hate. Like every coach I know is so anti all of that stuff. And it's uh, the way I see it, just like you said, is different things serve different people there's a reason that it's popular because it works for some people and like your friend if she had you know all these issues or intolerances 
Yeah, I mean, if you have an issue whatever with whatever you eat, it probably is a lot easier to just start with a place where you're doing shakes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? Um, I think that the reason why there's so much hate around that kind of stuff is just because people who want to lose weight quickly will kind of think of it as a quick fad diet. So coaches have pushed the other way being like, no, don't, it's bad. Don't do it. And I get the, you know, I get why they do that, but I hate creating that dichotomy because there's never a one set answer. It honestly, the answer is it always depends and that kind of sucks. But I, I think it's a great place to start with, you know, how to get started on your journey because almost anything could potentially work for you, but you have to understand what your goal is out of your fitness journey. What, what is a realistic lifestyle for you? Um, and so I'm curious for your second time around, I guess, even reaching out to me, where did you get started on your fitness journey? Was it looking, was it immediately like looking for a coach? Did you try to do anything on your own before you reached out to me? So I'll take one step back. So, so I did the fat diet, whatever that was in like high school, college. I did my college thing. I was not worried about health and fitness. I know I've talked about that before. Then I started working full time and my team at work actually did whole 30. Um, and that's basically where you shed every bad part of your diet, right? You can't have dairy. You can't have sugars. You can't have all of these things. There's a big long no list. Um, and what it's supposed to do is restart your body. You're supposed to ease back into those food groups. So you realize what your body's intolerant to whatever, all this stuff. But in my head, it was again, a quick way of losing weight or of getting quote unquote healthy. So that was kind of what I did. Then I was done with whole 30 and I immediately gained all my weight back. I immediately, like I didn't do the process, right. I didn't ease back into my food. I think on day 30, I ate a cheeseburger, right. Which is like, (laughs) you're not doing it right if you're doing it like that. So, but what, why I'm telling you that is because I think that was when I realized I wanted a change. I was doing these things and I was doing these quick fixes because I wanted to look better. But then I realized when I gained that weight back, I didn't feel good. I didn't look good. And I was unhappy. And I think it took me trying something kind of silly to realize, okay, that's not working. Let's get real. Um, so I think I literally just woke up one day and I messaged you on Instagram and that was like the rest is history. I do think that it's vital that you had tried it on your own and showed yourself, hey, maybe I do need some extra help because that is always, honestly, I always recommend that to clients to at least try their fitness journey on their own first. Um, And that's, that's actually something that I ask for with my clients, like, what have you tried on your own? Simply because I think it's important for people to see you know, what does and doesn't work for them. And I have found that my most successful clients have tried different methods. And so now they're very clear on what doesn't work for them, but also that they do need accountability and help. And because they have that clarity through their experience, they can show up a lot better just because they have the clarity of, yes, this is what I want. I want a coach. I want a coach's help. I want a coach's support. And because they're so sure of that, they we can show up for each other 100%. And so I actually enjoy when I have clients who have tried things on their own because that's also shown me that they have some type of initiative. You know, that they've tried, that they're like, you know what, I want to make a change and I'm going to make changes in my life. And 
it's I, I don't know. I personally just think that shows a lot of initiative um, when somebody does, you know, actively try and go learn things or implement something new in their lifestyle and then are, is like, OK, you know what? Maybe this is not what the method I'm doing isn't um, what's actually going to get me the lifestyle or the goals that I want to achieve. So I would say for my first tip on how to get started on a fitness journey, I'm going to assume that whoever asked you this and maybe who's ever listening and, and starting on their fitness journey is that their goal is probably physique driven. I'd say 90% of people who come to me, their goals, they do want to feel better. They do want to have more energy, but 90% of people, their primary goal is to look better, whatever that means to them. And you know, our society is definitely based on first impressions, right? It's based on first impressions. So I don't blame anyone for wanting to have certain physique goals. It's a, it's human nature. So with that being said, I'm going to assume that your goal is to lose body fat, probably in certain areas that you want to, wherever that may be, and to either maintain the muscle mass that you current have. So you don't want to like get weaker or lose muscle or you want to gain muscle, whether that's in your butt for, and I'm specifically speaking to women, whether that's in your butt, your legs, um, some, and then for men, usually it's like gaining muscle everywhere, but generally their upper body is, is I feel like what men focus on. So if knowing that, okay, your goal is to lose body fat and either build or maintain muscle, the first place that I would suggest you start with, and I'm going to give the simplified version. I have my clients track macros, which can be a more advanced method. So I'm just going to break it down for you very simply. Start incorporating protein into every meal you have at least three times a day. I'm just going to say that in a very simplified version so you can really implement it without any confusion. What serving, how big should that serving size of protein be? I'd say about the palm of your hand. That is a great starting place. The palm of your hand, protein, ideally lean protein. So lean ground turkey, uh, like 96 to 99%. Lean ground beef, chicken breast, um, salmon. Salmon is a bit higher in fat, but it's got some great healthy fats in it. So you got salmon, tilapia, cod, shrimp. I'm just, you know, kind of throwing out ideas if you're like, I don't really know what to choose. Start with those and you can rotate which protein option you have, you know, every two to three days if you want to switch it up and you don't want to get sick of it. So that is where I would start is to just start incorporating more protein each meal. And what is naturally going to happen is if you are someone who eats a lot of junk, because you're eating more protein, you're going to have less cravings and less room to eat the rest of the junk. So naturally, you're going to eat less of the stuff that probably doesn't fill you up and doesn't fuel your goals. So just focus on incorporating more protein and allow the the eating less of the junk food to dissipate naturally. Don't force it because it can feel so much pressure on yourself, especially at the beginning of a journey. So again, just focus on incorporating that protein. Now, workouts. I honestly wouldn't even recommend that you start with any cardio because if you're not working out at all, doing weightlifting two, three times a week is going to do you wonders. And I would actually tell you 
to do three full body days of weightlifting or strength training a week. And that gives you four rest days. That's a good amount of time, especially if you're someone that is starting from absolutely zero sedentary, sitting on the couch desk all day. (laughs) Now you're also going to be like, where do I find these full body workouts? Literally go into Google and type in full body dumbbell workout, full body apartment gym workout, full body gym workout, full body strength training workout, any one of those full body at home workout. Pick three and then follow them for a month. That is my most clear, best advice that I could give you. Like if you can implement that, you are going to see changes. And again, especially if you're starting from, I do not eat healthy. I eat like shit all the time and I never move, exercise or work out. Thoughts, Katie. Boom. End it here. Done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like brainstorming, okay, what advice do I tell them? But I'm like, okay, this is like the most implementable, simple, and free, (laughs) free (laughs) advice that I could give you. So like, just understand if you're listening to this and you are a beginner, it's not that you don't have the information because I just gave it to you. It's now on you Mm -hmm. to do it, to execute, to give yourself no option, but to implement these very simple items. And I'd also say like going with that, because I think those two things obviously are the most basic and incredible forms of advice you could give. But what you need to understand on top of that is like, you need to throw away every assumption you've made about getting healthy. So like what Viv just said about eating all that protein, like it's the same thing. You need to eat your healthy carbs and your healthy fats. Like you need to eat all of these food groups to build together to make sure you're like energized and ready to go. Like, I think it's so easy to assume I'm going to cut all the carbs. I'm going to cut all the fats. Maybe I'll just eat ground Turkey for the rest of my life. Like, no, you need these other things to build with that. So same thing with working out. Like, like she said, don't just go into two hours of cardio in a day. Like that's not going to serve you. But I think that's, what's been ingrained in people's minds is like, I'm going to jump on the stair climber and call it a day. Like, don't do that. There are other things you have to do to be successful in this. So try to do your research if you can. Watch videos on YouTube. Like, that's the greatest resource ever. And and just try to throw away everything you've assumed about, about a health journey. Absolutely. YouTube really is the greatest resource ever. Um, and also, now that you're giving a little bit more information, I do want to explain why these two tips are what you should start with. Okay, so... Protein, why is it important? So there's so many different reasons, but number one, protein is extra satiating. So again, the reason for a lot of people's unhappiness with their physique, and again, this is not going to apply to everyone who's listening, but I'm literally going to assume you eat like shit, you have extra body fat, you want to lose it, you want to put on some muscle or at least get stronger, right? So we're going to assume that whoever's listening and you're relating to that, this is where you're starting from. So If you are eating more protein, if you are being more satiated throughout the day, it's going to help you get less cravings. Less cravings is going to help you say no to maybe the junk food, the fast food that you normally eat simply because you are just not hungry. So because you're eating less of the junk food, of the fast food, you're naturally going to be in more of a caloric deficit. And you may have heard, if you've done any research, that the way to lose weight or way to lose body fat is to be in a caloric deficit, to eat less calories than you, or yeah, to eat less calories than you burn in a day. So 
eating more protein is naturally going to help you do that. Also, most people eat so little protein in their day. Protein is so important for so many things. Um, but we're just going to stick with the physicals right now. So in order to build muscle, you need to be eating enough protein for your body. And obviously, depending on your size, that's going to vary for everybody. But that's why I say start with the three palms of protein per day. That's a great starting place and is already more protein than most people get in a day. So one, it's going to help you build muscle. It's going to help you repair and recover from the weightlifting strength training workouts that you're going to start doing. It's going to help keep you satiated. Um, it's going to help lower your cravings and help lessen how much junk food you eat. Now, why should you not do cardio? Why should you do full body or strength training workouts? I say full body because I want you to start with three days a week. And if you're doing three days a week, it's difficult to hit every body part. So if you're doing and grow and build muscle in the way that you want. For example, if you're only doing legs once a week, it's going to be less effective depending on how intense you go. But starting off with once a week, it can be a little bit easier to do three times a week, right? That's why we're doing the full body three times a week with sufficient rest in between, especially as you're just starting to practice the movements like in the beginning it's not even about going hard you're just learning how to do proper form you're just learning weightlifting and I find doing frequency uh higher frequency so three times a week and probably less weight and less volume just because you're a beginner and I would not recommend going heavy if you are just learning how to do movements three times a week is going to be much more helpful and it also is going to help you um just having that repetition and having that extra rest is going to help you get into the gym more because you're not killing yourself every day. So when you, when you start off with five, six days a week, then you're going to be like, wow, I am burnt out. I'm so sore. I don't even want to go next week. So starting off that three times a week in the beginning is going to give you just enough rest where you don't feel like it's the most miserable thing in the world. Um, so that is why I would recommend the higher protein, adding in the protein, and the weightlifting and, I, and there's and the reason why I did not mention any other additional variables is because most people are like well what about like Katie said what about cutting out carbs what about fat what about cardio okay well here's the thing those things are minor minor items in a major picture right and if you're just starting your journey and I tell you okay well yes all these things matter and you have to do all these things you're going to feel overwhelmed. It's going to be too much for you to truly implement every day for the rest of your life. So let's just start off with the protein. Let's just start off with the weightlifting and see where that gets you. Because honestly, for a lot of people, they don't even need to do cardio. They don't even need to worry about their carbs because just doing those two gets them the result lifestyle and body that they want if they do it long enough. And so I don't want you to have to be anxious or you know, concerned about any of these other small variables that don't matter in the long run if you're not doing the the major items, having enough protein, weightlifting consistently. So for Katie, so that's my advice as a coach. Now, Katie, what is your advice as, you know, someone who's recently been on the starting your journey client side? 
Yeah. So everything you said is like, it's simple technically, but I think it's overwhelming. I think no matter what, like thinking of a drastic change to your lifestyle is overwhelming. So the first advice I, well, I see it in two parts. I think it's, it's mindset and it's execution. So I think, you know, if you're just trying to add a little activity to your life, I love that. Great. Any activity is better than none. If you're like really trying to do a 180, you need to set yourself down and consider your mindset. If you are ready to do this and you are ready to commit, it will happen for you. If you're like, eh, I think I want to get healthy, but like, maybe I'll just try it for a little bit. Cool. Kudos to you. But like, I think you have a higher risk of falling off or not committing to yourself, right? So maybe you go to the gym one day, you're like, mm, I didn't like that. You're not going to go back. All of a sudden you're upset. You failed. Now you're not going to do it because you're mad at yourself and you just spiral down. So I'd say like, get yourself to a place where you are ready to go. Um, you might be scared. You might be really nervous about starting this whole thing. Um, but if you get to your place, to a place where you are committed, it, it will all come easier. The research will come easier. You'll commit better. How do people get to that place? I mean, I'm, you know so many people who have come to you be like, Katie, I want to make a change. Yeah. But, you know, what do you think is that block of people want to make a change, but, like, they don't really want to make a change? I don't – Um, it's so tough because I think it's pe- probably fear, one, and also the idea that you have to give up everything. Like, I think yes. that's a huge component. It's yeah. like – you want your cake and eat it too kind of situation. So, um, to those people we've said on so many episodes, like you can have balance progress will just be slower for you. Like list your priorities. If partying with your friends outweighs going to the gym, like I get it, but you just have to be realistic and say, okay, well my progress might just be slower. So I think that's why they do it. Agreed. It's overwhelming. They feel like they have to give everything up. And again, that is why we're emphasizing just implement more protein. That doesn't even mean you have to cut anything else out like at all. You can eat all of the same stuff you normally do. Just add in that, add in that extra protein to each meal. Even if it's like, okay, I'm going to add in this chicken breast and like season it in a way that's actually enjoyable. You know, you can add condiments, add in a chicken breast to your meal. And maybe if it doesn't really go with your meal, eat it first. Kind of how they, your parents tell you, eat your vegetables first, eat it first. Okay. Wait a little while and then have your normal meal. You know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? And so I think that's so important to understand is that if you're somebody who feels like you have to give everything up, which is why you're not starting or committing, you don't have to give anything up. Like, even if you just implement the three full body strength training workouts, that doesn't mean you can't go out and drink anymore. That doesn't mean you can't party your face off. That does not mean that you can't have your ice cream and your cookies and whatever habits you have that you feel like, oh my God, these are unhealthy and I have to cut them out. No. Keep them in. Don't pressure yourself. Like, first of all, life, it's, people say life is short, but I think life is long. You got a long, <laughs> like, you got a long time to make changes, okay? So just do what you can. Do the workouts. Add in the protein. And then live your normal life just like you do. Don't pressure yourself to change it. Because if you're going to pressure yourself to change it, you're going to do nothing. Here's what is, what really happens. You work out. You start working out three times a week and you go, huh, this isn't bad. And you're still partying, right? You're still partying till the middle of the night. And then you go, well, I actually like waking up early and, you know, feeling good and working out. I kind of like how that feels better than drinking all the time. Maybe I just like will only go out once a week because I really like having like a productive day. 
And those are the changes we want to see. The natural progression of you start to implement healthy, but you don't force yourself to give up the, the what you call bad. And then you realize, oh, the healthy actually feels good. The healthy, I kind of like that better. Like maybe let me phase out the, the negative habits just because like, they really don't make me feel good. Or maybe I'll lessen them. You know, I won't totally cut them out, but I'll lessen them because I don't still enjoy them on some level. I still enjoy drinking. I still enjoy, you know, eating ice cream and all this other stuff and eating pizza. I still enjoy that, but I don't really love how it makes me feel eating every day. So maybe like twice a week, three times a week, not every day. And these are natural habits that will form when you start just focusing on the things that make you feel good, the things that give you at least a little momentum. But it's never to force yourself to give up everything. Because when you're coming from that place with of this is all bad, even though I still enjoy it, but I know I shouldn't and I shouldn't eat it and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't blah, blah, blah. And you should yourself to death. That is when you force yourself to go all extreme and you're like, this sucks. And then you give up. You're like, nope, not worth it. I'm going back. Because forcing yourself, like, it's like having children. Like, forcing them, yeah, they'll do it, but they'll rebel too. Once you're gone, like, they're not going to tell you they're doing it. And so it's so much better to just make it a natural progression and show yourself, hey, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe, wait, I actually kind of like how this feels. Thoughts, Katie? Yeah, it's like if you force yourself anything in life, doesn't matter what it is. If you force yourself, you're going to end up resenting it. Like, it's like my parents forced me to play soccer and I cannot stand soccer. I hate it. I hate it. The idea of sports to me is just, I hate it. I hate all of it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's with anything. Find some joy in it. Ease into it. And you you will eventually figure out that this is what you want and what you need. So, just give yourself that time and that breathing room. Yes, exactly. And even if you don't feel that right off the bat, that is okay. That's totally okay. Again, you're not giving up your lifestyle. You're just adding in some positive habits that may not feel, you may not feel motivated to do right now, but just stick with them. And again, that's why we start minimal. Because if you force yourself to stick with really hard habits that you do all day, every day, it's just a matter of time until you give up. So I think we gave some good advice and information on, you know, where to start in terms of fitness journey. I know it's very basic, but there's a reason why we are giving you such minimal, basic, but implementable information. So I think, and that advice was specifically for anyone who is getting started on a journey and wants to start on their own. So now we're going to go into coaching, how to find a coach, or if you're just interested in, in, in a coach, you know, what should you be looking for, whether that's how they market, whether that's when you talk to them, whether that's the content they post, you know, how to find a coach. So um, I know, Katie, you've told me in the past that like you kind of, I think, just stumbled upon me and you're like, let's do it. <laughs> but I'm curious if you like, did you look through anything where you're like, nope, she looks cool. <laughs> let, let, let's let's hire her. <laughs> I like her hair. She's pretty. <laughs> um yeah, so I essentially was at the place where obviously I wanted to get started. I had this huge, like, the gym intimidation situation, which I'm sure a lot of people, if you're starting, that's where you're at. You're probably just scared to get in the gym. You don't know what you're doing, whatever. I knew I needed somebody to tell me what to do. I am very good at executing, um, but I knew I was at a place where I just didn't have the time or the willpower to do the research or figure it out on my own. So I actually stumbled upon you um, through word of mouth, which I, I highly suggest. Um, I had a friend who was working with you, and she posted something about you or 
maybe I, I don't remember part of her check-in or something. And I was like, Oh cool. You got a trainer. That's awesome. Um, and I kind of watched her journey for a couple weeks. Um, I stalked your Instagram page. I think this day and age, it's really easy to, to kind of find people. But the thing with social media is you kind of have to do your due diligence to, to really vet them out. Cause I think a lot of Instagram coaches, um, they look really perfect and they look really structured and they look really, to me, intimidating. So when I stumbled on Viv's page, she was at a place where she was kind of going through her own journey. And I got to see this like raw, real Viv. Viv was like, I'm struggling today. Here's what I'm doing to come out of it. And I was like, you know what? That's somebody who like is going to understand where I'm from and where I'm going. Um, I really strayed away from like, I saw a couple profiles that the pictures were all like bikini competition photos. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. That's not where I'm going. And I'm scared of those people. Um, so I think it's really up to you and what you vibe with. If you understand like your motivations, I think it's easy to look at coaches profiles and be like, I think they line up with my values. I think they line up with my goals. Um, and just reach out. Um, I didn't try reaching out to anybody else, but I would think, you know, you want someone that responds quickly is empathetic, gives you information. Um, I knew I didn't want somebody that would like trick me into spending a bunch of money for nothing, that kind of stuff. I think you have to be wary of those. Um, but that's how I found you. So I have had a few coaches myself um, and I can tell you my personal experience and I think it'd be interesting because I know, like I know a lot of fitness coaches, that's pretty much all of my friend group and so I understand like the marketing and how people portray themselves on social media versus, you know, in real life. Um, It's their business, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but just understanding like, hey, there is a mindset behind all these postings. So I have had a few fitness coaches Um, And like Katie said, they have all been word of mouth. I feel like I don't scroll on social media enough to feel like I really relate or am vibing with any specific coach. And that's just because I haven't taken the time to do that. The only reason that I ever, um, the only reason why I ever, wanted a fitness coach was simply because I wasn't actually looking for one but perhaps I had a friend um or like one of the coaches was a co-worker of mine like we worked at the same gym and it naturally the idea kind of naturally sparked was like oh hey that'd be cool so I've never personally been in a place where I'm like I need a coach and I'm gonna go look for one it always stumbled naturally so I will say it was a little bit different for me um but So the first fitness coach that I had, um, I think I've had four. The first one was my friend who I met at the gym and she was like, my coach is amazing. You need to meet her. You have a great physique and she does bodybuilding coaching. um, And I think you would do great, you know, if you're interested and they do free Saturday sessions. So you should come and meet her. I came, I met her, I loved her, and more importantly, they had a very great team atmosphere. So this was in person. (laughs) They had a very great team atmosphere, and that was really important for me. So I kind of chose that coach based on one, word of mouth, two, I liked that when I was working with her, it would also come with a whole team atmosphere. Three, she was a really good listener. Um, when, When we talked, she would listen, And then she would ask questions. And that is something that I always look for. I feel like it's a skill that I naturally have. And I've noticed that it's not a common skill for a lot of 
people. <laughs> I think also because of the phones, like people don't really know how to interact or socialize in a way anymore that really makes people feel heard seen, and seen. I mean, maybe they don't even care. That's fine. But that's, I love hearing people out. I love allowing people to feel that they've been heard and that they're understood because I think that's just what everyone wants, kind of just as people. So I, that's what I look for in a coach is like, when I'm talking, are you listening or mm. are you waiting to respond? And not everyone can 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 see that. Like, I don't know if you're, if you're naturally socially inclined, you probably can see these nuanced details when you communicate, but some people don't have that eye. I definitely do. So that's always been something that I look for is like, when I talk to you, are you there? Or are you in space? Mm -hmm. So that's why I hired the first one. Then we moved on to the second coach, also for bodybuilding. Um, I decided I wanted a different coach just to see if I would get different results. I had no issues with my first one, but I didn't love my results. So I was like, eh, maybe I should go to another one and see if I get different results. Um, and because the second one was a bit more hardcore. I was like, eh, maybe I need more hardcore. And, um, again, he was also a very good listener. He was also very knowledgeable. It's hard to, I, I, I so I'm a coach and I can tell, like, I, I'm very knowledgeable. So it's easier to tell whether a coach is knowledgeable or not, because I know <laughs> a lot. So I feel like as a client, when you don't know anything, I mean, you kind of just take people's word for it. But what I would really urge you to do as a client is when you ask a question, because I've noticed this, when you ask a question to a coach, listen to the answer they have and then ask yourself, does that make sense? <laughs> because there is this human phenomena where if you ask a question and someone gives you an answer, because they gave you an answer, you believe them. So for example, you could go, why is the sky blue? Well, the opposite color of yellow is blue so you know when the sun is at 90 degrees in the sky that is why the outside the outside sky looks blue oh okay that totally makes sense literally just because i gave you a reason most people don't have the capacity to go does that make sense and they're like well she gave me a reason so it must be right like even i don't know maybe you're listening to this and you're like oh that sounds legit i have no idea like i don't know sounds good right sounded <laughs> yeah Exactly. Like, I just totally pulled that shit out of my ass. I don't know why the sky is blue, but I can give you a reason. And just because I gave you a reason, you go, oh, okay. So, even if you know nothing, even if you know absolutely nothing about fitness and health, when they give you a question, if you don't understand why, ask them, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, can you explain more? And if they get defensive, it's because they don't know why. <laughs> and that's a red flag. They should always be able to explain it to you in a calm, rational manner because they're confident in their, confident in their knowledge. And so they're like, oh, yeah, she doesn't understand. That makes sense. She's new. Here is why. So ask questions. But when you ask questions, listen to the answer. Do not take their answer as truth, even if they say it confidently, because I just explained to you why the sky is blue in a very confident manner, and that was literally out of my butthole. So <laughs> just listen listen to their answer and really think about if that makes sense intuitively to you because people will throw scientific jargon and because it sounds sciencey and you don't want to seem stupid for asking questions and you're like oh well like I guess you know they're the expert no they're also humans like humans are teaching humans 
nobody knows anything for a million percent true. So just realize that, ask your questions, make sure that they can answer your questions in a calm, rational manner and not get defensive, you know, and not, oh my God, this one's huge. Don't let them, I think the term is gaslight you. Like for example, you ask, okay, well, what about this? And then they go, well, if you're asking this many questions, then you must not really be serious. No, fuck that. No, you ask your questions. Like don't let somebody shame you or put it on you that it's your fault. Ask your questions. Like obviously don't be rude, but if anyone, any coach, any whoever says like, oh, well, you know, if you're this unsure, if you're asking this many questions, if you're this blah, 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 there must be something wrong with you. No, do not take that as an answer. I totally just went off on a tangent, but I feel like this is very solid advice when you're talking to a coach, things that you should be doing for your own due diligence, but also red flags that you should be looking out for, you know, when you are talking to a coach, because it's really easy for someone to position themselves as an expert. I mean, literally people will pay to get themselves published on like different news articles. And they're like, oh, I'm a, you know, X time, five times bestseller. So like that must mean I'm credible. Dude, no, people like this world, people do some crazy stuff. So don't take anyone's title. Talk to them and listen to them and make sure they're also listening to you. Also, um, make sure they ask you about you. And and if they're a good coach, they will. They'll ask you about your goals and where you want to go. But make sure because not everybody's journey is the same, like we already said. So if they're not tailoring the program to you, your lifestyle, your goals, what you're doing, that's a major red flag. I'd say it's about you. You don't owe this person anything. Don't feel obligated. Like if you inquire a coach about working with them and you're not getting the answers you want, but you all of a sudden feel like, oh, I took their time for a call. I have to pay. Like, no, it's your journey, your money. They're going to find clients elsewhere. Like find someone that fits for you. You don't owe these people anything. Um, until you're two years down the line and they changed your life and now you owe them a podcast every Saturday. <laughs> That's right. Kid. No, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I actually, one of the coaches that I didn't talk about yet, um, he was, he, he trained me for my third bodybuilding competition and he had so many clients constantly. He was mm. like a revolving door, but this, here's the thing. I knew that. I knew what his coaching was like. I asked him. I observed him. Again, this is in person. So if it's online, it's different. But ask them, how much one-on-one do I get with you? Like, if that is important to you, ask them. I knew that this coach had bomb workouts. He had such bomb workouts. But I knew that he was so busy, I was not going to get one-on-one attention. Did I care? No. Because I, I inquired about that. I observed that first. And then I adjusted my expectations accordingly. Like if your coach is telling you, here is what I'm offering. And again, that's on you to ask. You have to either accept that, okay, this is how they coach. And most importantly, that they communicate that with me. So yes, this is what I want. And I'm willing to, you know, compromise on certain things just because I do like this coach and I want to work with them versus oh, but I really want this. And if you don't tell them that, if you don't communicate what you want with them, but they've communicated to you what they do, and now you're upset that, you know, you didn't get your expectations need met, really understand that communication is everything. So before you sign up with a coach, communicate what you are looking for, what you're expecting, and ask them, can they do that for you? Is that something that they're willing to offer for you or ask them what it is they offer and then you can decide whether that is a good fit for you. 
So I know that Katie was interested in, um, you know, we were talking before this, like, what do you look for in a client? Because I think you told me, like, what, what was the first call like? Well, I just remember I, I could tell you, so Viv does like an intro call before you sign up with her and it's kind of to learn about you, to learn about your goals, whatever. But I could tell and I could sense that she was almost like vetting me as a client. I could tell she was looking for me to say a few key things. Like I could almost just tell, like her questions were leading to a place where I was like, okay, she's got a very specific person in mind that she wants to listen to and work with. And after working with her, I realized that she, she is very specific about what clients she takes on so Viv like what do you look for when you're taking clients because I know you don't want to work with everybody and you want to make sure it's a very specific kind of person so the way that I just explained like when you're talking to a coach what you should be looking for it's honestly the reason why I can give you that advice is because that's the process that I use as a coach when I vet clients because yeah I I mean actually I'll, I'll be in the beginning in the beginning of my coaching, I think it was like 2018, 2019, no, 2018. That's when I first started coaching in person. I would take anybody. Like I was new. I was just trying to build my business. Like you want to work with me? Hell yeah, girl, let's do this. <laughs> let's do it. I need to build my clientele. And then I realized this is my livelihood. This is what I do every day. And I am not going to spend every day working with people that don't fit the criteria of who I want to work with you know like this is my career this is my job no one's forcing me to do anything I am taking this responsibility upon myself so if I am taking on every and any client and not vetting them and now I'm complaining complaining about them that's my fault that is my responsibility so with that being said yes I started to really narrow down okay what are the qualities in the clients that I love to work with? And what are the qualities in the clients that I don't love to work with? Number one, complaining. Huge. I love when clients vent to me. But I also love when they vent to me and say, this is where I'm, they take responsibility. They're venting, but they're taking responsibility. They're like, I'm not showing up in this way. I'm not doing this. I keep making excuses for this. And when they come to me in a place of responsibility, that's where I really can go, okay, this is great. Because the first thing you got to do is own up to your shit. Now we can work with that. But until you own up to, okay, yeah, I'm not eating healthy. Okay, I'm not meal prepping. I'm not making this time. You're just going to use additional excuses of like, well, you know, my boss and my boyfriend and my children and blah, blah, blah. And until you take responsibility that it really is your sole responsibility, we can't help one another. So on the sales call, I really ask, I honestly, I look for people to really be like, yeah, I've just been making excuses. Yeah, I've been like, they just own up to it. They're like, I have been in my way. I've been using my children as an excuse. I've been using my husband as an excuse. I've been using this. I love, I love when I hear that on calls. That's so something I look for because I know that if they're already taking responsibility for their shit and they're just like, yep, this is my fault. Like that is, they're, they're, so, they're going to be able to own up to times during their journey where maybe they're not executing on what they what we agree that they should be. And so that's the first place that we really can start, start from is when they take that responsibility. So that's number one, what I look for. Um, number two is really being able to go into detail about what's been going on because some people are just like, 
some people don't think thoroughly. So they're like, yeah, I want to get fit. Yeah, I, like they, they have very short answers, but I can tell that, and short answers isn't necessarily bad, but I can tell that they haven't thought through this, you know, any of their journey with any depth when I ask them, okay, so why do you want this? Why do you blah, blah, blah? Like what has been this obstacle for you? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. That is where I'm like, okay, I don't think you're ready mm-hmm. because this is something you have to commit to every day. And if you don't know why you're doing it, why, like why would you stick through the hard times? It's like, oh, this sucks. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but when you have a why where like, if I don't do this, I'm literally going to have a heart attack next year and die. When it gets hard, when you have to meal prep even though you were working late at night and you have to go walk your dog and you have to go to the grocery store and now it's really late and now all you want to do is go to bed. You're like, okay, well, if I don't follow through, I'm going to die. So I'm going to follow through. So having that why, understanding, one, someone who's self-aware, who understands themselves, who takes responsibility, who knows why they want this, who knows their obstacles, who knows it's going to be hard and has accepted that, but is also willing to make the changes and no longer put up with excuses. Like really ultimately, those are the main drivers that I look for. There's a lot of questions that I ask on phone calls, which I'm sure Katie can uh, can confirm just because I need to know that you know yourself. Because if you don't know yourself, I can't help you. I cannot help someone who does not know why they do the things they do, how they feel, what they want, what thoughts they're having. That Those are very basic skills that, a lot of, I think a lot of therapists will teach you. And I think that's a great place to start for a lot of people because everything that we would do together, if you don't understand yourself is a bandaid solution of do X, Y, and Z. Okay. I'm going to do it because my coach told me to, but you have no real reason as to why you're doing it in the first place. And then once we stop working together, which I'm assuming eventually will happen, you know, you're not going to work with me for the rest (laughs) of your life. You're going to stop doing it because you don't have anyone telling you to do that anymore. So those are just a few of the things among others. I'm sure there's some I missed, but those are the big major factors that, you know, I look for when I'm on a a client call, kind of vetting someone out, like, is this person really serious? And also, are they willing to communicate with me, take responsibility, show up for themselves, you know, be also vulnerable and authentic. and, And I do the same with all of my clients. Like, are they willing to show that to me? And I know that all sounds intimidating, but I think it just reinforces what we said earlier. Like start with the basics. If that makes you feel like, yeah, I want to do this forever. Maybe then you get a coach. But if you're like at a place where you're just starting and you're like, I don't know, I think I might want this. I might not. Maybe you're not ready for a coach yet. So I think you just need to sit that through because if you're at the place where you're kind of just, you're not super committed yet, like a coach probably won't work with you and you probably won't work with a coach. And that's for the benefit of you both, right? You're both in it to be successful. Like a coach doesn't want to coach you to fail. Like a coach wants to see you succeed as much as you want to see yourself. So you have to make sure you're both in it and in a good place together because it's a relationship at the end of the day. 
So we'll go ahead and wrap it up for today, but I think I want to leave you all with like my last three tips for kind of getting started. Um, I think when it comes to your fitness journey, the first thing you need to make sure you're ready to do is to be vulnerable. You need to know that you're going to get feedback. You're going to be told what to do. You're going to need to fail a little bit. You're going to be a beginner. Everybody starts somewhere. So I think you need to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You need to be in a place where you're okay with that. The second thing I'd say, and this is especially if you're starting to work with a coach, do not lie. Do not lie to your coach. Do not uh, exaggerate how well you're doing. You need to be 100% honest to yourself and the person you're working with in order to get your best results. It's not helpful to you or your coach if you say, yeah, I hit my macros 100% this week. And your coach is like, hmm, why aren't you making any progress? That's a little funny. Like, do not lie. Um, I know for me, like in the very beginning, I wanted to seem perfect and I wanted to seem like I had my shit together, but it doesn't help you. So be honest. And then my last thing is just understand how you function and the way you work. And this, again, is more towards like how you want to find a coach. For me, I knew that I wanted someone virtual because I worked better that way. I worked better alone, and I knew that. If you're somebody that needs someone there physically kicking your ass, then find an in-person coach. So we always talk about it, but try to be as self-aware as possible because it's going to be the most helpful for you in your journey. So those are my last three pieces of advice today. Um, Viv, I don't know if you want to respond to any of that or if we should just end it today. No, yeah, I I definitely completely agree with being honest with your coach. It's so funny because I, that's like not even my reality. I never think that a client would lie to me. No, that's good. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't know if that means I'm overly trusting. (laughs) No, I don't know if that means I'm overly trusting, but I think it's because, I don't know, I feel like I set a good tone for, hey, this is a, yeah. a safe space. Like I am not going to shit on you for totally. not f- not following what we talked about. I'm never going to tear you down. I'm just going to ask you like, hey, let's let's look into this because there's a reason why it happened. Maybe things just got busy. Hey, life happens. Trust me. I freaking get that more than anybody. Um, but I do know that I've like I've worked with coaches. Okay, I'm not going to mention their names, but I've worked with two coaches who um, – are not the most like they are very supportive but when you mess up they're like well what what the hell did you do like what's wrong and I mean I can deal with that because I don't mess up like I if I'm a if I am hiring a coach I'm gonna do exactly what they say I'm gonna be the best freaking client but if you are someone who you know that you don't respond well to that type. Like maybe, okay, there are some clients who love having a hard ass coach. They love being scared. They love having someone that's going to like yell at them. You know, if that's you go for it. But if you, if that's not what you respond to, don't hire a coach that you don't feel comfortable talking with because there is going to be a time 99.9% that you don't follow the plan as prescribed And then you're going to be like, well, I'm scared of my coach and I don't feel like they're great at listening or communicating or understanding or empathizing. So I'm just not going to tell them. And it's just going to hurt your guys' relationship further down the road, your progress, what you're paying for, you know. So, yeah, I totally agree with Katie. Be honest with your coach, but also don't hire a coach that you don't that you don't feel like you can be honest with, you know, because that just ruins the whole purpose of it. That is very true. Well, if tomorrow's your day one, go get it, girl. 
I hope you all have a great week, a great Monday, and no matter where you are in your journey, if you're starting today, you're starting tomorrow, you're starting in a year from now, we encourage you, we support you, we love you, and we're here for you. That's freaking right. And if you need any advice or support, email us at fitwithvivandkate at gmail.com. That's right, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Have a great week. 